Welcome, Redeem Church family and friends. I'm excited to be able to um, come and share a word from the book of Colossians. We're in chapter 1, verses 9 to 12 this week. Thank you for being a part of our opportunity that we have to read through this amazing book. And remember, when we read through a book of the Bible, we need to see this as a letter that was written by Paul to real people during a real time. And from this letter that he wrote to these individuals in Colossae, these Colossians, we have an opportunity to learn from him and them what it is that we can be able to do to make a difference in our lives today. And so for me, when you read through an entire book, and again, it's 1,976 words, so it's not that big of a project. It's, it was a letter. But in reading the whole letter, we get a better perspective of all that's really being said, as opposed to just a little snippet of it. And so I, you know, I'd be like looking at one picture and trying to get an idea of what a family's like versus looking at their photo album. We should be grateful for this opportunity to be able to really go deep into this book. Last week, as we read, it was interesting because what Paul said to this church in Colossae was, look, there's two things that you've just got to get right. And when you get those things right, you now are a people of hope and you have something that you can really bring to this uh, community that you're trying to make a difference in. And those two things, and we're going to see it in the verses 9 through 12 today, those two things were what I would call the it factor, because that's what Paul calls it. I want you to go to Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12 with me as we read this paragraph together. It says, verse 9, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light." That is a powerful paragraph. We're going to unpack it a little bit today to get a better idea of what it was that uh, Paul was wanting to encourage us with. But again, when he starts out, for this reason, since I've heard of it, we need to go backwards a little bit to pull in from uh, the previous paragraph to make sure that we set up what's going to go forward well. The it here was two things. It was once I came to a place of hearing that you were accurately handling grace and truth. I knew that you were right on the right path. That's what he's saying. And I think it's so true. Now, people who can really balance grace and truth, they bring amazing power to this moment in terms of creating change. So if you think about it and you're trying to change, because Paul's going to say in this passage, He's saying, I'm going to want you to be change agents. But to be an agent of change, you're going to have to be able to make sure that two things happen, and those are already happening. And so since we've heard of those two things, balancing grace and truth, and the other one was being able to love others in the Spirit. Those are so significant. So now we're able to be teachable and correctable in that gracious uh, spirit of being able to bring truth to another individual without attacking them 
without accusing them, without making them feel, you know, little or judge, but actually coming alongside of them as a person who wants to give the grace to make a difference and also bring the truth that is necessary for it as well. And then also, again, when he says that you're able to love somebody in the spirit, we don't want to gloss over that. We want to lean into the power of what's been said here. And so this isn't like a puppy love thing. Being able to love somebody in the spirit is a deep, meaningful love. It's, it's a, a sense of, hey, we can go through hard times together and you can count on me, love. It's a kind of love that says, I'm able to be able to bring something to you that's in your best interest, even though it costs me something. That's what uh, love in the spirit is, because that's exactly what God's done for us. So, so don't minimize the power of when he goes and says, for this reason, since I've heard of it, because if we carry those things, we have set ourselves to truly be able to make a difference in whatever circles we walk ourselves in or find ourselves in. COVID isn't going to be able to stop grace and truth. People who are feeling discouraged are not going to stay in that place if we're loving them in the spirit. That's the power of what Paul saw. And in so, he said, now that makes me want to not stop praying for you. He's going to go on. He says, there's four other things that I'm going to make sure that take place in your life so that you can truly be a change agent. So uh, let's just take a moment and pray and allow God to speak this word of becoming a change agent uh, over us in such a way that we're open to it. But Father God, thank you that even right now, more than anything else, you want to make a difference in our lives. You want to transform us so that we can be a part of transforming uh, those around us in our community. We want to make a difference. We want to do things that really count. So thank you that you want that for us as well. Would you open our ears and our hearts so that we can understand how to walk in that this very day? In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, thank you again for opening yourselves up to be able to lean into truths from God today with me. I'm remindful of the fact that there's a, a part of us that really don't want to be change agents. There's a part of us that just wants to enjoy life and to take it easy. Uh, I think back in my own life of some of the happiest times I had, where as a child on Saturday mornings, can you remember what Saturday mornings were like? I mean, you'd have those relaxing, easygoing Saturday mornings. You might get up, watch cartoons, or you were reading a book, slept in a little bit. Uh, for me, one of the things we would do is we'd sit on our front porch. My mom would be drinking coffee, and uh, we'd just be chatting, and it was such a wonderful, relaxing moment. And I wish that we had more of those moments right now. Uh, friends, I have never worked harder in my life than I have in the last few weeks just trying to do everything I can to navigate my way through COVID, through being able to see the things that are important, uh, gain momentum and move in the right direction. Uh, sometimes uh, we look at a situation and we can almost feel like we're being you know, held back or stalled. And I want you to know right now is not a time to feel like uh, we're stalled or that we need to relax. Right now, we need to roll up our sleeves and work harder probably than we ever have before. So uh, I, I wish I could tell you that, hey, don't worry, everything's going to come out just fine. I'm not sure of that. Uh, for some of us, um, people that I really genuinely care about have gotten COVID. Some of my close friends are in the hospital right now uh, battling through uh, 
you know, just a really difficult time in their life. They're there. Their families can't even come and see them. It is not easy at all. And so I want those of us who are in a situation where we want to impact change to know that, number one, we're not going to just sit by and watch things happen. We're going to do everything we can to make things happen. And we're going to also uh, look for opportunities to continue to make a difference. We're not looking for a lazy Saturday morning. So we've been doing our part. We've been loving on folks. We've been praying for people. Thank you, church, for the ways that you've reached out to individuals who have special needs right now. And thank you also, church, just for your willingness to read through this particular book and to ask yourselves uh, what it means to be a relevant, meaningful individual and church in the 21st century. So thank you. Uh, going back to those lazy Saturdays, uh, I'm just kind of inspired by one, that, one memory that I have. So we'd gotten up on this Saturday morning in Houston, and my mother was on the front porch drinking her coffee, as was often the case. That was her day off. And my brother and I were just chatting with her. And my mother said, kind of like just, you know, out of the blue, she said, you know, you will want to mow the lawn today before it gets too hot. And I was thinking, yeah, that makes sense. And my brother was thinking something different. So I was about 10, my brother's about 12. And quite frankly, I'm not sure what he was thinking because he looks and this is what he says uh, to my mother. And you have to remember my mother had seven children. Uh, my mother got up at three o'clock every morning to go drive a food truck in an industrial region of Houston just to make money, you know, to help her family. And so she was a, uh, she was a tough woman. And uh, my brother says to her, well, actually, Mom, I don't want to mow the lawn, but I will. And it was, it was kind of like a flippant, almost like a smirky, clever comment that he's making. And, and I, I remember thinking that was the wrong comment. And so, I mean, I literally stepped off the porch because I, I knew my mother wasn't going to take that well. And she didn't. Uh, she got right up in his little preteen face. And I remember she was saying to him, how dare you not want to mow the lawn. And I remember it just kind of struck me. It's like, wow, I didn't think she was going to say that. I thought she was going to say, how dare you not obey me or how dare you be disrespectful. But when she said, how dare you not want to mow the lawn, and, and I could see in her, there's this, I don't know how to describe it other than like sad, mad. There was a sad madness in her uh, that, that she noticed that there was some selfishness that my brother was holding on to and he felt good about that as opposed to feeling great about making an extra effort to uh, help out the family. And so I'm telling you right at that point, uh, I just walked straight to the garage. I went for the lawnmower and my brother and I, we, uh, we never had to not want to mow the lawn again from that point. I mean, I've been married for 38 years. I've been mowing the lawns. No one's ever had to say to me, uh, hey, go mow the lawn. I'm looking for an opportunity. <laughs> to mow the lawn because it was, it was such an important truth that was seared into me. If you really understand what family is, you put the effort in to make family better. That's what you do. And for us to look for ways to uh, not do the extra effort, then we're really on the wrong track. And we, we are going to need to encounter some sad mad to move us from that. And so I can hear Paul in here in this passage. What he's going to say is, I'm looking 
to see you literally become an agent of change by bringing the best effort that you have to be able to meet the needs of this moment. And I'm excited because he doesn't say just that I want you to do it. He's also saying that God has set you up so that you can. And you're moving in it. So you're moving in the right direction. And he's going to, again, he's going to tell us there's four things that God's going to give you in this quest or this journey of being a change agent. He's going to say, number one, it's that I'm going to make sure that you are constantly prayed for, that there is constant prayer going up. Number two is that you will be filled filled with the spirit, filled with the knowledge of God, the understanding of God, filled with the uh, equipment and the tools necessary to make a difference. Number three, he's going to say, and that you understand you are literally uh, destined to walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord. And number four, he's going to say, and I want you to understand that you're pre-qualified to, to receive an inheritance amongst the saints. So now let's start unpacking what those four things are going to be. But first of all, we need to come to that place where we say, yes, I truly want to be a change agent. I know that this moment uh, that we're alive in right now, they've never needed the church to be more relevant, more alive uh, than it is uh, right now. So that's our opportunity before us. So if we look in Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, it's going to say, again, for this reason, also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. So I want to talk for a moment about what does it mean to have somebody not ceasing to pray for us? First of all, I don't think Paul only prayed all day long. If you see some of the things that he did and the changes that he made, he obviously was a man of action. But his prayer life was constantly in line with the things or the actions that he was doing. And so he wants to make sure that we are able to be able to do the same. You and I, if we're going to be change agents, we've got to be in constant prayer. And I just want to help us to understand a little bit about what it means to be a person that's in constant prayer or empowered by prayer. What it is, is prayer isn't just spending time releasing words to God. Prayer is a conversation with God that comes to a place that says, Lord, I really want to understand what it is that you're doing. I want to understand what it is that you want me to do. So in other words, I want to know what my portion is, God, and what your portion is. But I want to be active in doing the things that are important. And so you know, sometimes we look at prayer and we see it almost as passive or maybe we're just saying some positive words and we believe that that's going to make a difference. Look, positive words are good. It, uh, praying and being polite is good, saying, you know, kind words and doing those things, taking the time. But right now, what I understand is necessary is having a literal conversation with God where that conversation goes like this. God. Help me understand, what are you wanting to do here? I need to know what your instructions are for this very day. I need to know what your portion is and what my portion is. And when we have that kind of prayer, I really believe that we're going to be able to grow in the strength that we need to literally make a difference. Prayer is, uh, is needed more now than it ever has been in 
we need to make sure that we're allotting time for it and having great conversations with God. So I'm not sure where you're at with this. Have, have you ever really gone to the Lord and, uh, and just asked him to show you things, you know, to take a moment to listen? And then as you're sensing of the things that he's wanting of our lives instead of us just giving him our want list, as he's sharing things and things come up in our heart and our mind of things that uh, we should be about, then are we taking that conversation and just pushing a little bit further and saying, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Because I'm committed to doing that. I'll bring my best effort at that. And then also being able to say, Lord, and I need to be able to have trust and to count on you to do your part. Because prayer ultimately is causing us to come into a place of truly trusting in God, that we stay in that conversation long enough to where our trust is high. Friends, there's three types of trust. There's uh, mistrust, which means um, I don't believe that you have my best interests in mind, and so I'm, I'm fearful of being able to be in a partnership or even having a conversation with you. I don't want to reveal information that you're going to use against me, sort of. And so obviously, uh, being in that place of mistrust is, is not a good place. And then there's what I would call no trust, or that's that, that place where you think in terms of, well, you know, I'm not sure, I'll wait and see. Well, wait and see is really not prayer. Prayer might have to go through some, Lord, help me to see. But when you think, well, whatever, God, that's not the kind of conversation he's looking for. That's just mid-level trust. And it's really not much better than, you know, really no trust. So the type of prayer that I'm suggesting that we enter into is trust prayer, where you literally are able to come to that place that says, God, I am counting on you to move in this direction. And you might even have to be pushed a little bit because a lot of times the way God moves, it's pretty edgy. You know, if you think about it, God himself is in eternity. He's made everything. Uh, he's so in control and he's so beyond man that it can be hard to understand him and to trust him. But what we want to be able to do is to trust him on edgy things because he's an edgy God. Don't be afraid of, of giving him trust in an area that's unknown. He's created the unknown. He lives in that. And so he's looking for you and I to literally come to a place where we say, I do in fact trust you. And when you're in that place of trust, now guess what? You're in constant in, or in uh, a prayer that's without ceasing, in constant prayer. As soon as you and I fall out of that place of trust, then we need to get back into prayer again. That's what I'm suggesting. And so Paul's able to say, we're doing this for you. And on that we portion, isn't it wise that he's not doing it alone, that he's not the only one praying? And I can't wait to uh, hear from Eddie. Eddie's going to speak more on the we factor. And so this uh, portion of scripture that started with the it factor is also going to move to a place of really being a team, being together. And uh, Eddie, thank you for being the kind of person that really lives a life where you're, you are just all in it with family, with team. That, that's important to you. So I'm looking forward to hearing your word. So, number one, you're going to need to be empowered by constant prayer. As soon as we start feeling that we're falling out of trust, we need to just stop, put the brakes on, and get back in an opportunity uh, of praying and seeking God and understanding our portion in His. So let's just take a moment right now and let me ask you a question. What is it that you're doing right now that's so difficult, that's so edgy, that if God doesn't come through, you're not sure that the change is going to happen? 
are you allowing yourself to be in that place? In fact, I mean, are, are we willing to move from a level of sort of trust or, you know, those prayers where people say, well, Lord, I'm not sure, but your will be done. Listen, I don't need people in my corner right now just saying, well, whatever, you know, the Lord's will be done. I need people that can say, let's seek the will of the Lord together. And once we understand it, let's trust him and move out and do something magnificent. Let's go do something remarkable because that's who God is. Let's not do something borderline. Let's do something edgy. And so the world needs that from us. And change agents get that. If it was just keeping things going, we would just have relaxing Saturday mornings. But things don't need to be kept the same right now. We need to be agents of change. And so that's what God's called us to do. And he's going to empower it through prayer. Number two, it's going to go on. He says, if you want to be a change agent, you're also going to need to be filled with the Spirit. And so to be filled with the Spirit is something that is a, is a new concept for many of us. Uh, I'm not sure if you've ever even asked God, please, God, fill me with your Spirit. I'm not sure if we even, a lot of us, understand how it is that we set ourselves up to be filled. Do you just ask? What do you do? Well, I want to uh, unlock some of the truth in this, passage, in this passage that help us understand how we can literally be filled with the Spirit of the living God. He says that I'm praying for you and I'm asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So Paul said, I want to ask that God fill you in such a way that you have spiritual understanding, and not just spiritual understanding, but the knowledge and the tools to be able to do spiritual things. So if you can come to a place in your life where you recognize that our human predicament is not going to be saved by human activity, you're in a good place to be filled with the Spirit. I like what Einstein said. He said, um, the problems that man has created are not going to be solved by thinking the same way man thinks that created the problems in the first place. We're going to have to have something outside our current level of thinking and interacting to create a different outcome. And I agree with that. And that's really what's being said here is that our human situation right now is not going to be resolved by human efforts. For us to really be able to see something impactful happen in this day, in this hour, we need God himself to move. And God's saying, I will move, but I'm moving through you. And I'll move through you when you allow me to. And allowing him to move through us is what it really means to be filled with his spirit. So let's not make this difficult. Would you just think about what it is that you have that you could bring to create a difference right now? And then compare it to what God has that he could use to make a difference right now. Can I say that our stuff, well, you know, it might be good stuff. We could have some good truths, some good experiences, some good relationships. Uh, those could be very helpful. But compared to God, they're not going to have the same outcome. So can we just lay all of our stuff down now? And oh, by the way, not just our strengths, but can we lay down our weaknesses? Can we lay down the things that we've done wrong? Can we lay down everything that isn't of the Lord and just say, now, Lord, I've laid it all down. Would you come and fill me?
would you come and help me to pick these things back up and the things that I really need for this moment? And as I go to pick them up, would you make those things even different? So where I had hardship, Lord, would you give me a sense of overcoming? Where I've had some you know, discouragement, would you give me hope with that? Where I've had unforgiveness, would you give me love for that individual so that I actually feel like I can walk side by side with him or her as opposed to in opposition? Lord, would you rearrange those things with your touch so that they're not the same? That's what it means to allow him to really move in our lives. And, and when we talk about the spirit, we need to understand the difference between a human devices and a spiritual device, okay? It's not even just an equipment that he's giving us. What he's giving us is his life behind those things. So when Paul says, I'd like to make sure that you have spiritual wisdom and insight and knowledge, that's not information. That's not an idea. That is the living God at work imparting to us the knowledge and the information that we need or the understanding that we can walk in that. So it's almost as if instead of just reading through this book of the, book, uh, the Bible, Colossians, what would happen if the Lord was there unpacking it with us as we read it? If His Spirit could give us insights of what was really in the heart of Paul and going on in that situation. And then as we learn that, as the Lord is teaching us, what would happen if the Lord would say, and now this is how you can use these truths in your situation this very day. That's the difference, and that's what he's trying to do in our lives. So I, I like to compare it to the difference between using like a, uh, a wrench to fix a flat tire. So if you've ever had a flat tire uh, and you had to fix it alongside of the road, you have this, you know, if you look behind your spear, there's a, a wrench, and you, you're going to go and you're going to try to break that lug nut loose, and it's going to be hard. It's going to be tight. In fact, sometimes you have to put it down, step on it, jump up and down just to break it, um, break it loose. But then also think what would happen if you had that same car and you took it to Les Schwab. They're not using that same lug wrench. What they're using is a pneumatic tool. They're going to come out, and they're just flying off. And that tool is empowered by when it's called a pneumatic tool. Well, this word here for spirit is pneuma. It's the same word. It's the, it's the wind. It's the power of God to be able to do something that you can't do on a human level. And so we don't need to come at uh, the need of this moment of being a change agent with lug wrenches when we can come at it in terms of pneuma, the spirit of the living God. That's what Paul's trying to set us up for. And so... Take a, take a moment, even right now, let's just take a second. And let's just say, Spirit of the living God, would you come and would you feel me? Feel me now. Just allow him to move in our lives, to make all things new, to let him be God. Paul's going to then go on. He's also going to say, if you want to be a change agent, there's another thing that you're going to need. And you're going to need to come to a place of understanding that you are destined to walk in a manner that is worthy of the Lord. So I want to make sure that we put this in the right perspective. Because, I mean, that's a pretty tall order. When you hear, go walk in a manner that's worthy of the Lord, I'm afraid to even get up almost. It's like, how do you even do that? Well, if you've yielded your life to the Lord and the Lord is, His Spirit is the one that's loving others through you, it seems like then you have a chance Remember, before he said to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, what he said here 
is that be filled with the Spirit so that you can walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. We need to make sure that we get this right because so often we go like this. Maybe if I live a life that's good enough, if I walk in a manner that's worthy enough, God will touch me, God will love me, God will maybe even fill me. But I've got to earn that right for that to happen. What Paul is saying here is just the opposite. Be filled so that you can walk. If you want to be a change agent, don't, don't wait until you can be a good enough agent. Instead, allow God to bring a good enough change so that you can be the agent for him to do whatever he wants through our lives. I just, I'm so excited to be a change agent that's fully uh, giving, giving myself over to God to ask him to do things that I can't do on my own because I've got people I love and there's no answers for some of this stuff, people. When you say to me, hey, uh, when's the vaccine coming out? It's, it's supposed to be here or there or what is COVID gonna do the second round, the third round as it morphs? I don't have answers for this. But I, I know that the Lord himself is the one who created me in his image and every other person, that he loves them, that he can put his life in us, and that he can even take people who are literally dead and make them alive again because he himself has done that. So that's how I need to see him move. My place of hope needs to be in him, and I'm just an agent for him to be able to bring that to others. That's the perspective that's being talked about here. So again, I don't want us to... Um, look at this and think, boy, until I'm able to really live that life, I can't be filled. It's just the opposite. Let me ask you, if you could change uh, two or three things right now, what would be the two or three things that you would want to see changed? I mean, maybe in your own life or in the life of you know, your community, your workplace, your family, if you could just see two or three change, two or three things change that would really make a difference, what would they be? Would you take a minute and make sure you even write those things down? What would you really want changed? What do you believe would have a, a lasting forever impact if it, was you know, if it was to happen? Let's take those things and give God an opportunity to talk to us about them. Let's take them to Him. And that's what it means when it says, let's be in prayer about it. Let's come to a place where we trust in his will to see those things happen. Let's make sure that we're also filled with his spirit so that we can do our part and make the right effort to see them happen. And then we can, you know, walk in that manner uh, that's worthy of the Lord so that he could even use us to see them happen and take place. So the fourth thing that Paul's going to tell us we need to do if we want to be change agents is learn to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. This is a, uh, a remarkable passage to me because this fourth thing is one of the most unique. It's saying right now, we'll see this later in verse 13, but it's going to be about the darkness that people are having to walk through. So we all know that if we want to be a change agent and it's all dark, that makes it difficult. You can't see. It's so hard uh, to do things in the dark. So what he's saying here is, because you are a saint in the light, and the light here is, is the light of Christ, because you're a saint in that light, you're able to bring that to the difficulty or the darkness or the situation that you find yourself in. And that light that you have is actually a right, you are pre-qualified. 
you are qualified to receive that inheritance or that light. You don't have to go earn it. You don't have to wait to, you know, till we die to get it. If we don't get the light of Christ till after we die, it's of no use right now when the world's dark. After we die, we're going to be in heaven where his light is everything that we need. In fact, the light of Christ came prior to the sun even being uh, created on planet Earth. And so God is light. That is part of our inheritance according to this word right here. And we have access to it now. So it's not that we don't have enough light. It's that we don't always don't know how to access the light that's being made available to us. Would you see yourselves right now as an heir to God's light? To the same light that can push darkness away. That light is available to you and I to bring into current situations. That's what it really means to be a change agent. Don't sit and, and wait for something to happen. That's not change agent. Why don't we make sure that we're accessing the promises that God has for us right now? Why don't we, just like we talked about last week, going forward to hope and bringing hope back into our current situation. Now, why is it that we would not want to access our inheritance now and bring back the light of Christ to be able to make a difference for people who need it at this moment, at this time? That's really what's at stake here. So I'm confident that if we use the light of Christ, he wants us to do that. I'm confident that we can't use it up uh, because you can't use up Christ. He's, he's God. He's from everlasting to everlasting. Don't feel like you're imposing on God because you're wanting to access your inheritance. This inheritance is for the saints of light. It's for now. And so we need to make sure that we're using it. I encourage you to be able to use a portion of that inheritance, that light, to make sure that you're simply in the Word of God because the Word of God is God Himself. Jesus says that he is the word of life. And so in a sense, we want to bring his understanding, his revelation uh, in being able to even read the Bible. Maybe you've never read the Bible before. Maybe you've never even read a, a letter, a book such as Colossians. Would you this uh, moment make a commitment just to be in his word and to read it through a paragraph a day. I'm telling you, it will literally change your life. If it's hard to understand, ask him, say, Lord, would you be the light? Would you give me understanding? Would you show me what this means? Would you show what it means for me, for my situation, for my family, for my friends, for my community? Allow him to enlighten you uh, with his truth and empower us to be able to truly be agents of change. And friends, I know that uh, to be a change agent right now, seems like a tall order, but I don't, I, you know, I just don't know how we pretend that it's an easy, lazy, relaxing Saturday morning anymore. I'm just telling you the truth, it's not. And God is looking for individuals who really understand the need of the moment. But when we step forward as change agents, and this isn't gonna be a thing of drudgery, it's gonna be a beautiful thing. You're gonna feel like you're constantly in connection with God himself empowered by prayer. You're going to feel filled with His Spirit. You're going to be given understandings and directions, and you're going to have a sense of belonging because He's in you and moving you in such a way that you want to do things that are really, really worthwhile, worthy. You're going to walk in the things that matter 
you're going to have a meaningful matter filled life and you're going to be able to access your inheritance now which is what he's asking us to do so that we haven't squandered life trust me you're going to have all the lazy saturdays you want for eternity you really are and uh, right now is our opportunity to roll up our sleeves and make a difference and i just bless you in the name of the lord jesus christ on your journey and your quest to be a change a change agent in your own life in your family in your community uh, and just knowing that uh, there's joy and abundance in this moment in this hour in the name of jesus amen